Warning. The Dark Talk podcast contains language that may not be suited for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Please be aware that spoilers for a series may occur at any time. And lastly, that the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect those of Dark Talk as a whole. Alright guys, we got a fun show for you tonight. But first, the Dark Talk theme song. I want to be the very best, like no nerd ever was. To watch stuff is my real test, reviewing is my cause. I will scour the internet, searching far and wide. Who be suited up, I'll go critique the acting that's inside. Hey, Subtack, yeah, I don't watch those It's you and me. Pretending that we're funny. It's a pack. Ooh, you're my best friend. In a world where dogs are head. It's a pack. Gotta watch those things. Our hearts are true. But hey, we are small reviews. You fail me and we'll fail you. It's the talk. Gotta watch those dogs. Gotta watch those dogs. It's a talk. Hello and welcome to Dub Talk, where a pair of Pokemon traders come together to talk about English dubs for anime. I'm Youngster Jet, and today I'm joined by Last Zen as we kick off Dub Talk's summer at the movies by talking about Pokemon I Choose You. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how my any of my life choices actually brought me to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, clearly you got captured in a Pokeball. That's what happened, right? Yeah... <laughs> Yes, remember, kids, stay in school or you'll end up on a podcast where you talk about Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Every option ends in Pokemon or King's Game, and I prefer this option. I'm not bitter about the King's Game podcast. (laughs) It made me watch that. Uh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Alright, uh, so I'm pretty sure we all know what Pokemon's about, but for anyone who was at Atoma for the last two <laughs> decades, uh, this movie retells the beginning of Pokemon trainer's Ask Kassim's journey, as he is forced to partner up with a stubborn Pikachu that doesn't seem to like it very much. Uh, they <laughs> get off to a very rocky relationship, but they may end up forming a friendship that will, li- that will last a lifetime, or several lifetimes, because let's face it, that kid will still be 10 years old even when our great-grandkids are on their deathbeds. Uh, po- Pokemon is a series that will never die. I'm still surprised that it is going on uh, <laughs> even this far into like its lifespan. What are we at, like 700 episodes or something like that? I know, it, I know there's well over, I know, there's over a thousand. Like, they literally celebrated a thousand episode like a couple of months ago. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like... <laughs> I watched Pokemon when I was a grade school kid. Like, I I watched the episodes at my friend's house because we didn't have the network. And I went to my friend Ray's place and we would put it on and then we would get the VHSs. Well, they my friends would have VHS tapes with, like, a single episode on them. And I would just ask for the video games because that was cheaper and easier for me to do because I, I didn't have a collection of VHS tapes lying around. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. I swear, I'm, I swear, I'm just gonna be an old man on my deathbed, being like, I remember when there were only 150 Pokemon. Now you kids have over a thousand. I remember back in the best generation of Pokemon, also known as Gen Two, when everything was so much better. You had not just the original eight gym badges, but you could also do Johto and Kanto. You had all those gym badges. You could still do the Elite Four. Day and night cycles. I remember those days. And then I fell out of Pokemon after that because I played Gen 2 so damn much to the point where, um, to be honest, I kind of got Pokemon out. Yeah. Okay, well, I suppose that's as good a segue as any. So how exactly did you get into Pokemon? Um, It was mostly through friends because I didn't know what anime was at the time. I, I didn't really watch a lot of... Um, other than maybe, like, Saturday morning cartoons and stuff, I wasn't initially into it, but my friend turned me on to Jetix, 
And that's where I would watch like a lot of like uh, stuff like Pokemon and Digimon and and all these other anime shows that we didn't know were anime at the time because we didn't know what anime was. Um, it, it was before Toonami was a thing, so we, we would watch Jetix, and then my friend Ray and I would get together and we would watch Pokemon, and we would we would we would play the video games, and uh, like it was just it was a phenomenon. Uh, I was a huge, huge, huge fan of Pikachu. Still my favorite Pokemon in the game. I think it's just one of the best mascot characters ever created because he's so cute and expressive, um, but it's just something that you always wanted to keep with you. It's like having a cat, except not an asshole. I suppose that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm I'm a bit more of an Eevee person myself, but... (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, we now live in an age where Eevee is apparently threatening to be the new mascot. <laughs> I don't know, like Eevee there there are some things that I like, like I prefer Umbreon cuz Umbreon is the coolest looking evolution. Um but like I was more into the cute mascot Pokémon and you know, I had plushies of Pikachu and um I I was just like I was really into the show but not as much as Digimon, because Digimon had a story, and Pokemon really didn't at the time. Um, So, uh, you know, I was more a casual fan of the show, but most of my experience was the games. I got the strategy guide with the game, so I could find all the tips and tricks, and and I caught all the legendaries, and I did the Masingno glitch with my friends, and uh, it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun because... Back at that time, like, you only got bits and pieces from different people about what was real. You had all these, like, myths. Um, you know, I obviously I did the uh, the missing no glitches and whatnot, but, um, you know, there, there was all these stories floating around, and I played Pokemon card game. Um, well, I collected the cards. I didn't play the card game, but, like, it was just this phenomenon back when I was a kid. Um, and granted... Uh, I grew out of it a little bit. I was more into uh, video games for the longest time, but you know, Pokemon is still a special place in my heart, and I I, I still find a lot of enjoyment in in watching the movies every now and again, and you know, playing through the games when I have free time. They're very long games. Uh, yes, they are very long games. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a completionist like I am, yeah. Yeah, I'm one of those suckers who buys them every year, even though I know it's still more or less the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Uh, So, as for me, I remember I was a wee six or seven-year-old, and, like, one day before school, I was just, like, flipping through TV channels, and I saw this weird-looking show on. It kind of it kind of reminded me of Dragon Ball Z a little bit, and I saw this electric mouse finding a bigger electric mouse. Um, okay, in case again, what I'm referencing, it's the episode where um, Ash and Pikachu are fighting Lieutenant Surge and his Raichu. I mean, like, so I watched that, and I so I watched that, and I said, "Hey, this looks pretty cool." Um, so eventually, I learned the show aired on weekends, and that it was Pokemon, and apparently, a lot of my friends were into Pokemon. So, I started getting into the show. Uh, granted, it was already well after Red and Blue had already come out, so I didn't start off with those games. My first games were actually Gold and Silver. Uh, I remember very specifically, I was like in the store with my mom, asking which version we should get, was wondering which version we should get. My brother wasn't there, so I picked Gold version. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but in hindsight, Lugia is better, so I guess he looked at there. <laughs> uh, so... So I uh, so I played through that first game. And definitely had a bit of trouble my first few minutes because I didn't really know how to save. So that was fun. <laughs> 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 uh, but, uh, but, ev- but eventually I got into the games. I got better than my brother a little bit because he somehow managed to get a Mewtwo trade from one of his friends, and uh, he battled me with that Mewtwo one time, and I still somehow managed to beat it. <laughs> well, I did. Well, I did manage to beat it, but he cut the link cable right before I won. So, <laughs> uh, so I yeah, so played through the games. I tried the card game a little bit. I don't think I ever really learned how that card game worked. I honestly, <laughs> it was not a very good card game. Like you got the cards to collect them. Not, the people who played it just eventually switched to Magic or Yu Gi Oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, I wasn't like super proud of my collection, but I did have an Arcanine once that my brothers and my tricked me to give me to him. So, <laughs> and, I'm so, and, I'm, and I'm so kind of a little salty about that, but yes, you know. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, but anyway, Pokemon has like stuck through, stuck with me throughout the years. The show has always kind of served as like really good background noise for me, so it's been a part of my Saturday mornings for like the last decade or so. Um, yes, I I've seen now not all the movies, but like. Well, I've seen all the movies up to, like, the Diamond and Pearl generation that I kind of dropped off for a while. Uh, but then I saw this, and it was pretty good. Um, and, and as far as the games go, like I just mentioned, I've yeah, bought pretty much every, literally, I bought pretty much all the mainline games since Generation 2. I am one of those suckers. But hey, those but hey, those games are fun, so I can't really complain. <laughs> I mean, I I had the most fun in Gen Two simply because there was so much to do, and it felt like the games were really at their height back then. Um, I I own some of the the following generations, and I keep trying to get back into them. It just it's a huge time commitment, and unfortunately, like. It's one of those things where I'll start playing and then I'll put it down and then the new game will already be out. So it's just yeah. like, uh, like I, yeah. I I played a little bit of Ruby. I thought it was pretty good. I played a little bit of Pokemon. Uh, I think I have Pokemon Black and then I have X. Um, and I have Sun. Yeah, Pokemon Sun over there. Um, but like I had the most fun with Gold, Silver, Crystal. Um but that's because the game... I, I don't know. It, it seems the games are coming out so much faster nowadays, and you have to dedicate yourself to those games. Because if you don't... If you don't dedicate to your... The, like, you're not going to finish. And then the new game's going to come out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty fond of Gen 2 myself. Uh, I mean, looking back overall, I'd say Gen 5 is probably my favorite. Mostly because that was the one where they actually decided to try having a plot. So that was pretty nice. Um, I also like Gen 7 a lot, too, even though I know people are, like, divided on that for some reason because they think the games have gotten too easy. But I like that generation a lot, so... Um, and I'm looking and I'm looking forward to the new one next year. That'll hopefully be pretty good. Uh, but anyway, we're not here to talk about the games. We're here to talk about anime dubs, so I guess we probably should get to that. Right, oh, I, uh, I I could talk about the games for a few hours. Yes. Ask and I. All right. Uh, so I guess we'll start things up by talking about our ADR director and our script writer. Um, so for direction, we have Wadalisa Ortiz, and while she's known more for her voice work, uh, she's also directed such things as Psychic School Wars. Uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon, and the later episodes of Pokemon X and Y. And then for scripts adaption, we have James Carver, Tafkart, I'm sorry if I butchered that, uh, who has been involved in some of the later Pokemon movies, since his Rise of Darkrai, as well as uh, most of the post 4K seasons of the TV anime. I, I think this, honestly, in terms of ADR, I think they did a pretty good job. Um... Granted, I haven't seen any of the original episodes in a very long time, um, so it's very hard to uh, to to know exactly how things sounded back then with time. Like I have my my own um, memory of how things sounded, and probably a lot worse than I than I remember. But um, for the most part, I think they did a really good job with the writing. I think uh, the directing was pretty great. I only have a couple small issues, and that's just because two of the voices I'm very, very used to, like, being consistent from what I remember of the show. And um, But even then, they're not a huge problem. I, I think this is a pretty solid dub, um, and the main cast, uh, in general, I had a lot of fun listening to. Um, yeah, o overall, I really liked it. Mm. Okay, um, so like most 90s kids, I was pretty attached to the old four kids of a Pokemon. And uh, like I wasn't a very happy camper when the Pokemon company eventually took over the production. I mean, uh, the four kids of did have a share of uh, problems when it came to uh, the localization. A quick note to Alcon, 
rice balls or not jelly donuts. Stop treating kids like they're stupid. They, they're gonna <laughs> they're they're gonna take care of our jelly donuts or our, our jelly buns. Yeah. Uh, God, they're uh, just they're balls of rice. I, I don't understand some of the localization quirks. And granted, I I had to deal with One Piece. Um, and, and the four kids one piece is is far, far worse. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, good old Alcon. <laughs> <laughs> if, um, if we take the lollipop and, and no, if we take if we take the cigarette and turn it into a lollipop, no one is going to notice. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was like the least weird ending in that tub. <laughs> I mean, it could be way worse. It, it could be way worse. Uh, uh, yes, it could be way worse. You could have a gun that's turned into like... Well, wasn't it turned into like a punching bag or something? No, it <laughs> uh, it was a hammer gun. A spring-loaded hammer. <laughs> And that uh, yeah. was the the worst edit they ever made because you could see where it was edited, and they didn't even bother to edit things in far shots, so it was so lazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Pokemon Pokemon fared a lot better in that regard, and it, probably better than Yu Gi Oh. Like I I liked Four Kids Yu Gi Oh, but they had invisible guns. So, uh, uh, yeah, they were they were weirdly consistent with why they edited in that dub. Because, like, they had the invisible gods, but then they had that whole side plot where everyone thought Kaiba killed himself. So. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't understand four kids' reasoning in a lot of this, but then again, it's four kids. Um, you know, the dub that we got for four kids back in the day was good enough. They have very good voice actors, they just had very, very bad direction. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, um,. Uh, so anyway, going back to what I was saying, um, so while there was, a, like, a little bit of problem when it came to, like, the localization, uh, there was definitely, like, a level of energy to what the 4Kids dub had that the, uh, Pokemon Company dub kind of lacks to me. Uh, sp uh especially so in, uh, the first couple of movies, because I've seen, like, the first couple of movies from when they had initially taken over, and, uh, those movies sound, uh, very, uh, very stiff, to be frank. And, uh, I mean, in fairness, those dubs have, have improved a lot since then, and, uh, this movie is definitely one of the better-sounding productions from the current era, but, um, I do feel like there's this kind of sense of distance in the overall direction that kind of makes us feel, well, like a dub. I mean, I know it's kind of weird to say since, well, this is a dub, uh, but what I mean is that there's not, like, a whole lot of naturalism in the performances, and it kind of, I mean, it kind of feels like, you know, you're just kind of getting, like, the... Uh, it's something kind of the minimum of what the actors really need to do here to make things work, instead of something a little bit more passionate. I mean, in fairness, this is like something that's kind of a general issue with kids' dubs in general, so it's not like a Pokemon exclusive problem. I mean, and this is and this is perfectly serviceable, but uh, yeah, it just feels a little serviceable to me. I mean, but uh, also, I know it's kind of sort of out of the realm of what we normally talk about here, but. Uh, can we talk about the dub score a bit? Because, boy, howdy, they did not have a good dub score for this movie. <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't really notice the dub score, to be honest. And that, that might actually be the problem. Because normally, at least in, like, if you take a look at the Pokemon, like, the first three movies, the score um, and the acting were the two big forefronts. Because, like, obviously you have the, the uh, moving songs that they sing in, in earlier films. But you also have this really good background music for emotional scenes. I, I don't remember them having anything like that here. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, again, like, say what you will about the Forkins era, but, like, they, ha they had some pretty good music back then. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, they, they had some really great orchestral scores. Like, to be honest, I still listen to Lugia's song every now and then. That sounds like a really good piece of music. And, um, it's, and, um, and like I was saying before, like, they had some really good ending theme songs. They even got, like, professional singers to do some of them, which was, um, which definitely speaks to how big Pokemon used to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, but in comparison, uh, what we get here is honestly just kind of, like, a little bit bland. I mean, it was fine in, like, the older days of these movies where when TCPI first took over, they at least had some of the Japanese score, but now they don't use it anymore, so... 
We just get this, and it's not very good. Yeah, like, <laughs> I haven't seen the Japanese version of this, um, and I, I will eventually, because I do intend to, like, take a look at all the movies. I, I honestly haven't seen very many of the movies, like, the first five, and then this, um... I, I, I just don't like some of the later designs and movie looks and whatnot, but if they're scored like this, I think that's a problem because the the worst thing you can do for uh for the score of a of a movie or or video game or anything is to have it like not be noticeable. And that's the thing, like you do want to have a certain amount of like it doesn't it shouldn't overpower the acting, but it should also have an emotional reaction to it. And I had more of an emotional reaction to the uh, the plot and the voice acting more than anything. Uh, yeah. Alright, um, so on that note, I guess we should segue into actually talking about some of our characters here. Um, so, going into our first batch of characters, we have Team Rocket because, well, it wouldn't be a Pokemon thing if we didn't have Team Rocket, apparently. Oh but, boy, I have words. Yeah, like I mean, like I mean, we might as well get this out of the way. They really didn't need to be in this movie. <laughs> they didn't. Honestly, this movie had like three villains, maybe. Like the 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 biggest problem I have is that there seemed to be too many plots going along. And granted, they did come together, but Team Rocket's stuff did not matter at all. They were just there to be there. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's just literally some kind of contractual obligation where they have to have Team Rocket in every Pokemon thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I mean, when when in Pokemon the movie two thousand and in Pokemon the movie three, um, like in in these big movies where Team Rocket actually do stuff uh, or they threaten to be good or whatever, like compare that to this where they're just there to 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 be Team Rocket, like, they don't contribute anything, they're not even very funny, um, and, and, like, they're just, they're just kind of there, just like, hi, I'm in the movie! Yeah, like, I don't even think they, like, I don't even think they literally interact with Ash at all. (laughs) No, they, they don't even notice that they're there, they're there to blast off several different times, which, they should be dead for, for all the amount of abuse that they're suffering through, but they're Team Rocket, so I can deal with it, um, but my biggest gripe is the voice actors. Now, yeah, I suppose we should talk about those. <laughs> Let's, um, yeah. Okay. Um, so going uh, into our voice actors for Team Rocket. Okay, uh, playing Jesse, we have Michelle Knox playing both and playing both James and Meowth. We have James Carver Cathcart. Uh, Michelle Knox, you would know for such other roles as. Uh, Chica Ugly in Genshiken, uh, Karina in One Piece Film Gold, and Irene Queen's Blade 2, because when you think of wholesome family entertainment like Pokemon, you think of Queen's Blade, apparently. (laughs) 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 And as for uh, James Carter Cathcart, you have some of his other work includes Dilgear in Slayers, Miki in Revolutionary Girl Lutana, and Masaki Marwo in The World of Norway, because... I'm like maybe one of ten people who've seen that show, and it was a pretty fun rock com. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so thoughts? Okay, this may be because I grew up with Team Rocket, and you know I, I remember how they were as a kid. I'm not sure if their voice actors ever changed down the line. I know voice actors change over time. Uh, I mean, they, uh, I mean they did change from the four kids stuff, but uh, yeah. Okay, so. I'm used to the four kids voice actors. That's how they are in my mind. I can't, like, w- the last film I remember seeing was, like, Jirachi, Jirachi Wishmaker. That's when I st- fell out of the series. I only really watched up until Johto. I never watched the Orange Islands, and I was very inconsistent with my watching, and I watched the movies up until Jirachi, where I thought they were being stupid and s- I stopped watching. Team Rocket was the same in all of those, and um, I'm just I'm used to their voices. I think they sound the best in those those roles, and they didn't sound anything like them. And the thing is, I liked Karina's voice acting in One Piece Film Gold. So don't take this as me saying that uh, she's a bad voice actress because I think she did an amazing job in that. 
But the thing is, I don't think these three characters are well-voiced. Um, granted, they don't have a lot of lines, but the thing is, they just don't fit my image of what the characters should sound like, and they're clearly aping the former uh, Team Rocket voices. You know, they, they could have done their own thing. Maybe that would have been better. I don't know, because I do have a bias, and I can't really get past that as someone who was a childhood fan and hasn't watched some of the new series where they changed the voices. But, as someone who knows what they should sound like in those four kids' movies and episodes, I just don't think they can compare. They're not as good voices for these characters. And again, they don't have many lines, so it doesn't really detract. But every time they spoke, they kind of took me out of the plot. Yeah, and I can understand. Um, so I've always kind of felt like when Pokemon got recasted for the post four kids seasons, uh, I felt like Michelle and Jade were like probably told, were probably like very specifically told to sound as close to Rachel Lillis, Eric Stewart, and uh, the late Maddie Blaustein as possible. Uh, but uh, honestly, even the, honestly, even at this point, even though it, they've been voicing these characters like actually longer than those we ever did. I still kind of feel like that level of emulation is still in their performances. I mean, to her credit, I do think me tell Nasus Jesse is probably like the best out of the three. And it sounds close enough to what I recall of Lacey Lose's performance that my brain sometimes confuses the two and I've never had any serious problems with her. Uh, James, uh, Sorry, James Carter, Cathcart as James and Meowth, on the other hand, I'm a little bit more sour on. Uh, both sound a lot more nasally than the previous six on those characters. And while I'm, like, pretty used to how they sound these days because I've watched a fair amount of the post-Morkid seasons, um, these two always kind of sounded the most off to me out of all the major recasts. Mm. I mean, uh, <laughs> I will I will say that, yeah, I will agree that Jesse is probably the best out of the bunch. When James first opened his mouth, though, I was, I was taken aback. I had to pause for a second. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, as, I mean, for everything I've said here, though, like, Team Rocket doesn't really have enough to do that I can't complain too, too much about them specifically here, aside from the fact that they didn't really need to be in the movie. I mean, but on the whole, uh, Michelle is pretty good, James not so much, but I'm, like, more or less used to it at this point, so. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a shame. I mean, it, it's one of those things where this is such a long-running franchise to the point where, like, I, I mean, I'm turning uh, 28 as of uh, Tuesday, so this, this aired when I was, like, what, six? Like, this is a very long-running show, and... Um, I just have a very specific idea of how it's supposed to work in my mind, and unfortunately, like, it just, this doesn't do it in terms of these three voices. Okay, um, so, um, we're, so transitioning from old voices, we're gonna talk about some new ones, because we're going to talk about a trio of characters who are exclusive to this movie. Uh, we have Verity, Sorrel, and Cross. Uh, Verity and Sorrel are young traders on their journey who happen to befriend Ash and travel with him to help him find Hello. while Cross is an arrogant trader who abandons his Charmander and ends up becoming a rebel to Ash, as well as more or less the closest thing this movie has to a villain. Well, unless you've got Marshadow, but that's kind of weird. So anyway, playing Verity, we have Susie Myers. For Sorrel, we have David Oliver Nelson. And for Cross, we have Billy Bob Thompson. Uh, Susie Myers, um, other work includes Anna in Yu-Gi-Oh's Axel, uh, Burgundy in Pokemon Black and White, and Chespin from Pokemon X and Y. Uh, Billy Bob Thompson has been declared in Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc V, uh, Vector in Yu-Gi-Oh!'s Axel, and Daito Amato in Psychic School Wars. And as for David Oliver Nelson, as far as I could find, and according to ANN, this is his first anime credit, apparently. Well, I will say that um, I liked all three of these characters. Um, I felt like Verity really had the least amount to do in the film, since um, she... 
Yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, she has issues with her mom, but then it's like never really brought up again. Yeah, she. I feel like they were trying to make her the Misty of the group, but she didn't get enough screen time to really um, develop as much as the other two. Um, like, Sorrel and Cross, their characters I really did like, because Cross, Cross is pretty much um, Gary from the original show, where he's more obsessed with power and, and being the best, and he has to learn um, not to be like that. And then Sorrel... I liked his whole um, his whole arc was actually a little bit more emotional because it's just like oh he saw a Pokemon die in front of him to save his uh, life. Like I actually had to pause for a second when I got to that part because that was just like a weirdly dark thing for a Pokemon movie. Yeah, like because <laughs> you don't think of Pokemon as like things that can die, but then again, obviously there's stuff with Charmander. If their tail goes out, it can die. Um, but, like, I didn't expect them to go that way with a Luxray. Uh, but, yeah, yeah like, it, yeah. It's like the way it died, too. <laughs> died, too, like, literally freezing to death. And it's, and it was a pretty graphic image, too. I'm like, wow, they really showed that to kids? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I thought that part of the story, like, Sorrel and Cross worked Sorrel the most because it showed that his connection with, uh, Lucario meant a lot since he couldn't form any bond. Um, for the longest time, and I like that. I liked what they were doing with these characters. Um, Ver Verity, not so much, because she didn't get enough, but the other two I thought were great. In terms of voice acting, I think Verity is actually the best out of the group, which is kind of weird, because she's the one who gets the least amount of development, but I liked her acting the most. She she reminded me a little bit of May and how she was very, very bubbly and energetic. I think she was very, very good. Um, Sorrel, it was very one note to me, like, I, I didn't really get too much from his acting, I got more from his character, um, and Cross I really liked, um, but he's the typical rival, he's, he's very much, he's very much there to learn, um, and, you know, you've seen this kind of character in Pokemon a lot, so, out of the voice acting, I liked Verity the most, but um, yeah, you know it's it's kind of odd because she doesn't get as much to do. Yeah, I could agree there. Um, so I'll start with Susie Myers, and since uh, like you said, Verity didn't really have a whole lot to do. Um, like I mentioned before, when talking about the voice direction, I felt like the dub is kind of lacking in naturalism a little bit. But I thought Susie Myers came the closest out of these three. Um, since he made Verity sound, you know, very spunky and energetic during her introduction, um, and I really liked that a lot. She had, like, that very bubbly personality. Uh, but she was also able to, you know, dial it back down a bit and sound a little bit more reserved when, you know, Verity was talking about her relationship with her mom. Yep. And I thought that was pretty well done. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't anything, like, super amazing, but she was very pleasant to listen to. Um, as for David Oliver Nelson, I like his voice a lot, and there's a really strong sense of, sense of presence to it, but I wasn't quite as big on his acting. Um, like, he was fine whenever Sorrel was having, like, passing conversations or anything like that, but whatever he needed to, like, really emote, he was kind of blacking a little bit. Yeah, he, he very much, like, I don't want to say one note, because he does have some emotion, but it's just, like, it felt like he was going through the motions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure how much previous experience he's had in voice acting since I couldn't really find it out from what I researched. So I, so I don't so I don't want to say I should talk it up through an experience because that might be wrong. I mean, but, um, okay, but either way, I do kind of hope he improves if he shows up in any future things. And um, lastly, as for Billy Bob Thompson, I kind of had the opposite problem where I thought Cross sounded like... I thought Cross sounded better whenever he had, like, whenever he had to sound really dramatic or anything like that, uh, but didn't really have as much nuance when it came to, like, general conversation. Uh, but I've heard Billy Bob Thompson and other things, like the various Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, so I know he does have quite a bit of brain, so it's possible it was just, like, a direction thing, but, uh, uh, like, I mean, but I like, I mean, but I like Cross as fine. He reminded me a lot of, uh, Paul from, uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. I don't know if you've seen that season, but, um, that character was essentially kind of created to be, like, Ash's antithesis, and he had, like, a really good character arc. And uh, Cross reminded me a lot of him, so I thought that was pretty fun. 
I um I unfortunately have not seen Diamond and Pearl. Like I said, I think the last one I saw was the Johto stuff, and even then, I'm not sure I saw that much of it. Um, but yeah, I th honestly, I don't think the direction's the problem. I think the character's the problem because when he can, em when he needs to emote, he can. But the thing is, Cross is one of those characters who's just a jerk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he get he gets a good character arc, but he's one of those characters who's there to be all strength all the time. Screw your Pokemon. I'm going to talk about how I'm the best, even though I I left a Charmander to die. <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> like how dare you leave a little wizard to die, you prick? <laughs> yeah, and and then he talks about how like um a, a weak Pokemon can't win. I'm just like a Charmander grows to a Charizard if you evolve it, and I'm pretty sure you did not get the um the uh what the what was it, it uh, Incineroar like you. I'm pretty sure you evolved the Incineroar from a Litten at some point, because nobody just gets, like, an Incineroar. Um, so, yeah, like, you're just being stupid. <laughs> I am. That actually was one thing I... That actually was one little thing I kind of appreciated about the movie, is that they actually did eventually have Charizard turn around to be the one who beat Incineroar, rather than, you know, just leaving it to Pikachu or something like that. I thought that was a nice little touch. Oh yeah, I, I liked how they actually showed evolutions in this. Like the they 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 went out of their way to showcase like nods to the first few arcs, like the butterfree bit, and um, uh, like ba basically like Pokemon evolving during battle, um, and, and stuff like that. And so it was basically giving a nod to the early days, and I liked that. Um, they also went out of their way to showcase as many Pokemon in the background as they possibly could. Oh, yeah, there were definitely a whole lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, okay, and now we are actually down to our final pair of the evening as we talk about our two leads, Ash Ketchum and his Pikachu. Um, Ash, of course, is a new Pokemon trainer who likes to be the best like no one ever was and become a Pokemon master. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> somewhere. Really? No way that wasn't going to come up tonight. Really? Okay. <laughs> is it his destiny? To... <laughs> Gotta catch them all. <laughs> oh, God. I love... <laughs> Okay, uh, meanwhile, Pikachu is his starter Pokemon and best friend. So, uh, playing as Ketchum, of course, we have Sarah Nanotetti, whose other work includes um, some video games like uh, like Maddie in Dragon Hunter 4, Alicia in Bullet Witch, and uh, anime-wise, she has also been um, Oracentia in Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc V, and... Um, as for Pikachu, uh, we have a bit of a first, a bit of a strange first for this podcast because we are actually going to be evaluating a Seiyuu. And as I say this, I can already hear Steph and Hardy just sharpening their accents, getting ready to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we're yes because Pikachu is actually played in a dub by his original Seiyuu. Ikue Otani, who you would know for such roles as Konohamaru in Naruto, Zatch in Zatch and Tony Tony Chopper in One Piece. <laughs> so all the shows that I'm very familiar with. <laughs> for once. Yep, and uh, we also have a weird first for the franchise in general, because Pikachu actually speaks at the end of this movie, and when I say speak, I mean speak as in an actual sentence. Yeah, I can't really believe that happened either. Pikachu <laughs> talks in English. I, okay, I don't think this is a bad thing. I think it works for the moment. Um, and honestly, it's a very, very emotional moment because Ash, Ash dies, but not, yeah. uh, like, that, that whole sequence is kind of weird because, like, he's hit by a bunch of Pokemon blasts and they show him fading away and then he, he comes back from the other world. It's very weird. Um, but I think if you take out that part of him dying, um, like the emotional stuff with Pikachu and how he's like, he, with the moment he actually talks, I thought was powerful. Um, and I think it really suited stuff. Like people should be talking about how Ash dies and comes back from the other world just because 
Pikachu calls back for him. That that that's that's the weird thing in this film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, for Pikachu's speaking voice, we have Kate Bristol, uh, who you would know as um, Sayo Isaka in Nagiba, uh, Kisa Soma in Fruits Basket, and Lynette Bishop in Strike Witches. To be honest, these three were the best part of the movie. These three were fantastic. Ash sounded nearly identical to what I recall from Ash. Now, granted, it's been it has been a while, but honestly, they did a great job with Ash's voice. Um, and th- the way I see it, it, it's it it reminds me of Colin Clinkenbeard as Luffy, just toned back a little bit. What I, what I like see from her now in Luffy where it's a very good young boy voice that has a little bit of a gruff husk to it, but not too, too much. And um, it really does a great job of, of showcasing Ash. He's supposed to be 10 in this. And granted, Ash doesn't age ever because he's immortal. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, I think it does a good job of the showing the portrayal of Ash as we remember it, as, as he's supposed to be portrayed. Um, I really loved Pikachu in this. I think it was spot on. Um, and the English voice, like when he actually talks, I, I thought it was good because it, it, it showcased um, a range uh, that I thought would fit for Pikachu. Is it odd that Pikachu is talking? Yes, but it's I, I think it's telepathic. Um, but it's it, I'm not sure because Ash is dying, so he could just be you know, hearing the thoughts of Pikachu. I don't know. Um, There's a lot of stuff in the end of this movie that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but if you're trying to get the emotional response, when I saw Pikachu put on the hat, crying into the hat, and talking, I cried too. Emotionally, I think it works fine. Voice acting-wise, I think all three of these performances are fantastic, best in the movie. Um, Are they, like as good as some of the non-kids movies that I've seen? No, but I'm not comparing it to that. In terms of the kids' shows, in terms of Pokemon, um, these three did a fantastic job. Okay. Alright, um, so I'll be pretty upfront in saying that Ash's previous voice actor, Veronica Taylor, is actually my favorite voice actress. And uh, while her Ash isn't like among my favorite work of hers, it is definitely the one I am most attached to. Um, I mean, like, she did sound a little bit rough in, like, some of the earliest episodes of that, too, and, I mean, I have seen a few of them pretty recently. Uh, but there definitely is a noticeable improvement between how she sounded in those episodes and how she sounded, you know, in some of the later stuff in the later Four Kids movies. And, uh, by the time we got to, like, the last Four Kids movie, um, the Lucario one, she sounded pretty great in that. And, um, the reason I say this is because when Sarah Nader Teddy had first taken over the role, I was, uh, not a fan. Um, like, and when I say I was not a fan, I mean, I honestly thought she sounded pretty terrible in the earlier episodes she was in. And, uh, it didn't help that, uh, her delivery in the earliest days of her role was, uh, pretty wooden. Because, um, those first couple of movies were, uh, <laughs> uh they had some problems on the voice acting department. Um, to her credit, though, she has improved a lot since those days. And, uh, and at this point, I mean, she actually has been at, has been voicing Ash a lot longer than Veronica Taylor did, so I suppose that helps. And, uh, while I don't feel like her Ash has ever, like, quite reached the peak, has ever quite reached where Veronica Taylor was at her peak, um, I do think it has gotten a lot smoother since then. And this film in particular is definitely the best she has ever sounded in a role for me. Uh... Compared to the TV, compared to how she generally sounds in the TV anime, uh, her Ash here sounds a bit more youthful and energetic, like you were saying, which I feel it does help, especially because it makes the character sound a lot more natural. It does it definitely gives off that sense of that sense of nostalgia that I really wanted from this movie? And um, well, she does sound like maybe a little bit forced whenever Ash has to do every, anything like overly dramatic or something like that. Uh, she actually nailed a lot of his quieter moments really well in the film. Uh, like, especially that whole dream sequence where Ash somehow ended up in the real world, which is, a uh, That actually is a scary thought for Pokemon. <laughs> uh. Wait a second, what's Pokemon? 
there's no Pokemon <laughs> around here. Th that was creepy. That was creepy as hell. And honestly, if they had taken out the fact that Ash died and Ash had just gotten hurt and kept that emotional moment, like, I think that would have been perfect because we already had this nightmare-inducing sequence where Ash is in a world that, where there's no Pokemon uh, be because of Marshadow. Marshadow is giving him, like, this, this dream to test him. And to be perfectly honest, that was one of the better parts of the movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, that actually was one of the things I liked about this movie because, uh, to be frank, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the Pokemon movies are kind of like Shonen Jump stuff, and that they're mostly there as filler. So you, so I mean, you have, so you might have like interesting side characters or something like that, but you can't really do too much with the main characters specifically because you know you have to keep that stuff for the actual TV show. Um, so Ash generally doesn't really have anything to do with most of the movies aside from occasionally being the chosen one of some random prophecy, which, hey, he is in this movie because, of course he is. Because he's every <laughs> chosen one. To be fair, though, they did they did bring back the point that he saw um, Ho-Oh uh, when he first left, and I think that was a good connection. Um, but the the fact that he was the chosen one again, like the, the movie 2000, didn't help. Yeah, I mean, but the thing I did like here is that they actually did give him something to do. Like, he actually does have a bit of a character actor at the movie, and I thought that was nice. I mean, I mean like, he do, like he does kind of, you know, mature in his perspective a little bit. Um, you know, like how he, you know, how he bonds with his Pikachu a little bit, how he, I mean, like how he learns, you know, there's more to battling than just winning and all that good stuff. So I thought that was a nice little arc. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not. A, I mean, like it's not a whole ton to do, but it's more than what we generally get from these movies. So that was nice. Uh, it, uh, I mean, the movie is very differently structured from most of the Pokemon movies because it's trying to combine a lot of the character development from the first like ten episodes of the show or more, and it for like it does condense things pretty well. But you can tell that this was originally part of the TV show. Because it doesn't flow well as a three-act structure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, I do appreciate how they tried to, how they tried to weave some of the stuff in the TV show with Ash's art. I mean, like how the Butterfree thing happens right after Ash has that thing with Pikachu and that whole dream sequence. I mean, like, I thought that did kind of serve as, hey, Ash has kind of grown up a little bit, so I thought that kind of worked. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it, but it still did, but it still did feel a little bit awkwardly inserted. It definitely felt like more an extended, like, few episodes rather than, like, a movie structure. And that's not, ne it's not necessarily a bad thing because, you know, Pokemon has that sort of structure. But if you're looking for something as epic as, say, um, the, the Entei movie, which was my favorite movie in the franchise, um, you're not getting that here. But what you're getting is is a lot of things that flow together from a TV show pace pretty well, and then um, some random stuff happens here and there, and then they have the Ho-Oh stuff at the end. And honestly, I kind of wish that they had more stuff about Ho-Oh, um, but apparently Marshadow is supposed to fill in for that. Um, but it's just like Marshadow is like randomly there, and it's, it's distracting that Marshadow is kind of there in the background because they don't address him. For a lot of the a lot of the movie, and I kept waiting, but it's like, nope, we have Team Rocket. They're not supposed to be here, but they're here. And then, oh, we have this stuff with Cross and Marshadow's just there, and you're like, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> yeah, and it's just oh, hey, Marshadow's here because Ash needs to be tested, apparently. So, <laughs> if they had shown, if they had revealed that Marshadow was the guide earlier on i wouldn't have as much of a problem but like i was like they show there's a part where they're going towards ho-oh right and along the way they cut to team rocket who's following them and then they cut to a snippet of cross who you know now you know he's following them and then they have Marshadow, and it's just like all these three things and then all of a sudden they see this random old man who wrote the book and i'm just like there's too much going on, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I mean, hey, at least the random old man was Eggman, so that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, like I said, I don't think this is a bad movie. I, I, I really don't think it's a bad movie. If you're looking to retread um, the first character development that Ash has with a Brock stand-in 
and a Misty stand-in, then you can't go wrong here because it's a lot of fun and it has some really great emotional moments, but to be honest, I felt like there was a little bit one too many things going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, getting, uh, so getting back into the batting a little bit, um, and back to uh, Sarah Natchetti, I'm, I'm sorry, Sarah Natchetti, um, I mean, so, um, so yeah, I like their fight here. Like, um, it's not a lot of, it's not exactly perfect, but I do appreciate that she stepped things up a little bit for this movie. Uh, even if I can't, like, totally say I'm a big fan of hers, uh, this, uh, this simply is a big improvement from a lot of the other stuff I've heard from her Pokemon-wise. And, um, as far as, uh, Ikoe Otani goes, um, it's gonna sound, it might sound a little condescending to say this, but I actually thought she gave the strongest, the strongest performance in this dub. Um, like, you know, it's easy to dismiss her work, you know, since all she has to do is supposedly just repeat one line over and over. Uh, but there's a lot more to voicing animals than people kind of generally tend to give credit for. Uh, because in order to do that, you have to be able to convey a variety of emotions through, you know, just noises alone. And that can also be tr pretty tricky to pull off. Mm -hmm. uh, but Ikue Otani does a really good job at that. And uh, even with, and even though, you know, all she ever does is say Pikachu... Um, you can really tell when Pikachu is feeling, like, excited about something, when Pikachu is, like, really upset about something, when he's feeling smug, and, uh, when he feels devastated, especially during that whole bit where it seemed like Ash was dead. And, uh, you can definitely tell Pikachu was in despair about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to, to be honest, like, Pikachu, <laughs> the, the, the emotion that Pikachu brings throughout the entire thing, I'm like, oh, it's fantastic. It brought me back to my childhood because, yeah, I remember watching those episodes, and it, it brings the same emotion out of me that it used to. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, speaking of that scene, um, I know people are, like, rightly divided on whether or not Pikachu really needed to speak in order to sell that moment. And, I mean, well, I mean, well, I don't particularly think it was necessary, even though I do kind of get what they were going for. I did like Kate Bristol's delivery. Sure, she literally had only one sentence of dialogue, but she really sold that single sentence, and I felt a lot more emotion from that single line than I did from some of the other material in this movie. And, um, the same, and, um, yeah, it really struck a chord with me. So, uh, yeah, Ikoi Otani and Kate Bristol were great, and I'm happy that Sarah Natacheni was a bit stronger than usual for this movie. So, yeah, I was pretty happy with all three of these. And um, that is a pretty good segue into uh, final thoughts, even though I think you kind of say what you feel about this movie. Yeah, like, I already said how I felt about the movie overall. Voice acting-wise, it's very hit or miss. Um, to be honest, like, the, the biggest thing that got me was Ash and Pikachu. I thought Verity was the best of the sidecast. The rest of them were either okay or Team Rocket, which really took me out of the film. But overall, it's a harmless film. If you want to relive the, the childhood days of Pokemon, this is made for you. This is made for long-term fans of the series. Um, I mean, you could watch this as a starting point, but we all really know who this is for. This is for those who are kids and grew up with the first few episodes, so you can actually see um, all of these nods and callbacks and stuff like that. It's it's not a perfect movie, but it's a lot of fun. Except for Ash dying, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I sort of really get why that happened, but I mean, well, I guess you needed something dramatic. Yeah. And this is what, like, the third time he's been killed? Like, the the first movie he got turned to stone and brought back with tears, and, like, on, like, I, the, the, these death fakeouts are weird. I honestly wish that he had been injured, and then Pikachu was upset, and that's why she talked or whatever, because him coming back from death, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, as for me, I'm, I mean, I haven't really cared, like, too much for the Pokemon movies since the Diamond and Pearl era, since, like, a lot of the later ones have kind of been pretty boring. Uh, but I enjoyed this one quite a bit. I think it was actually a pretty smart decision uh, on the part of the producers to start over and uh, place Ash in a separate continuity from the TV series. Um, since it'll allow, you know, it'll allow a lot of the future movies to take more risks. And it already looks like the next one is going to do that, so um, I guess I'm interested in seeing what they do with that one. 
And um, as far as the dub goes, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure the voice acting isn't like the biggest draw to Pokemon at this point. Uh, but the, I mean, but the dub is pretty serviceable, and at the very least, there does seem to be a bit more passion in this one than in other recent Pokemon stuff. And uh, you can definitely tell they were trying very hard to appeal to the people who were very nostalgic for the old series, so that was nice. And, um, I mean, not to mention at this point, there's pretty much no way the Japanese version is ever going to be made available here. So, for better or worse, this dub is what we have, and I mean, I made my peace with that, and I had a pretty good time with this. Yeah. Um, honestly, like, I haven't seen all the films. There's, there's, this is the 20th film in the Pokemon franchise. I will eventually watch all of them because I do intend to cover them all on my own show at some point. I don't know when. Like I, I do a lot of different stuff on my show, and I just choose stuff at random. Um, but I do want to watch all of them. If the, yeah. if the, if this is the direction that they're going in the future, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and uh, speaking on a personal note, like out of the earlier stuff, um, it's sort of like the first batch of movies. One of the ones I'd recommend the most is the Lucario movie. That one's really good. Yeah, like Lucario is a great movie. I like I I've seen bits and pieces of different films. Um, I remember catching Giratina and the Sky Warrior, and that's the worst. Um, and I, I remember Lucario, um, I remember seeing the second Mewtwo film, but, like, honestly, I, I haven't watched a lot of these, and the biggest problem I have is the design of the Pokemon and how they just don't feel important. Like, none of it feels as big or as epic as a freaking Entei surrounded by unknown that they, that they have to stop, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, in fairness, you know, that Entei was voiced by Dan Green, so, I mean, it's kind of hard to top that, but... I am Entei. <laughs> seeing Dan Green voice Entei was amazing. Um, and, like, the, the problem I also have is that I just don't like the look and feel of the legendaries nowadays, because um, the way they're doing things now, like, it's not, they, they separate them differently than the old days. I had to relearn this, where it's not just all legendaries, it's mythical, legendary, pseudo-legendary, and Pokemon we think are pseudo-legendary, but aren't. Um, and it's so weird, it's so hard to follow... Um, I don't like the design of, like, stuff like Hoopa and Volcanion, because they don't feel like legendaries, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, trust me, I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of Hoopa either. I also keep forgetting it exists. Um, and, and stuff like, uh, I, I, I even forget some of these new legendaries. I was looking up at, like, some of the later ones, and I just don't really care about yeah. them. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I mean, I like... I mean, I like some of the legend later legendaries fine, but I mean, once they got to Archie, it was like, okay, you literally made the creator of all Pokemon work, and you go from here. Yeah, that that's the problem. Like, you once you go to an alien from space, and then the the Pokemon God, where do you go from there? Um, so that that's my big problem. I do eventually want to play through the Pokemon games and get all the mythology because apparently there's more story now, and there's all this other stuff that you can get into. Um, but it's not a priority on my list, simply because Pokemon's such a huge franchise now, and I have One Piece to contend with first. Yeah, uh, <sighs> uh, yeah, that's very, that's very understandable. I mean, it is One Piece. Yeah, yeah. I I still need to catch up with the manga. Like I ha I'm about to start Whole Cake, so yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, I should have a whole. should have a great time with the Whole Cake. Is really good. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've, I've heard some really good things, but Pokemon is, is its own beast that never, ever ends. Aye. And Aye, Ash, yes. Ash is perpetually 10, and Pikachu is God Chew, and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess that is uh, more or less it for this episode. Is there anything you want to plug real quick? Um, yeah, just, you know, check out my streams. Um, like, I do stuff on YouTube, but uh, I really want to bring everyone to my streams at twitch.tv slash zenith will rule uh i do streams every saturday and sunday and sometimes during the week um I, we have a lot of fun i play kingdom hearts and uh doki doki literature club and some other games and we have a lot of fun um and i'm trying to make that more my main thing 
um, in addition to YouTube, because YouTube is, is being YouTube, but, um, yeah, that's, that's what I want to plug today. Okay, and, um, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at DivineDega, where I'm usually talking about cartoons or anime or something like that. Uh, you can also occasionally find me on my blog, Animation Infinity, where I will occasionally write about things. And, um, I also do reviews for the Fandom Post. This season, I'm reviewing My Hero Academia Season 3. And I am also occasionally on Podcast OA, where we, uh, talk about... Re- where we talk about news, and uh, generally just shoot the breeze. And, um, and of course, as for Dub Talk, you can, uh, you can of course find us on YouTube, you can find us on Twitter, at, and um, Instagram, and Tumblr. So, and, and as for this movie, uh, currently, uh, currently your ways to watch it, or you can uh, occasionally find it on Disney XD, airing every now and then, or of course you can buy it on disc, on DVD or Blu-ray. Uh, Viz has it available in both formats, and uh, you can find it in most major retailers. Mm-hmm. All right, um, so I think we're more or less done here. Uh, thanks for doing this with me, Zed. No, this this was a lot of fun. No problem, Mike. Pokemon is definitely my childhood, so I had a lot of fun. Uh, Thanks for watching, guys, and uh, just be sure to catch them all. All one million Pokemon there are.